Anthony and Tyron podcast. We've been sitting here for a while, staring at the microphone, wondering what to say first, because this is our first podcast. We've been laughing the entire week and having lots of fun as we've done many sessions of rehearsals and preparations and all the things that we want to talk about. And There's then, a lot. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, we, we've, we've figured out that we have at least three years of talk for you. At least. At least. Uh, yep. Uh, so combine Tyron and myself, uh, 45 years of living with a narcissist. So we've got, we've got a lot of experiences to share mm-hmm. and it's going to be really interesting. And I know a lot of people are going to be able to relate with a lot of it because these people seem to be consistent. What, what do we say that consistently inconsistent? Yes. I prefer to say persistently inconsistent. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they'll drive you crazy. Uh, yep. Yes, yes, they will. But here's the beauty of what we'll be discussing with you. You'll learn as we go along that we found a way to laugh at our past. Yep. That, I think, there's so much, so much healing in just being able to laugh about it. That's, we, we just, we discovered that in our friendship. We never thought, yeah, we never thought we would laugh that much at our pain. Absolutely. And and the good thing about laughing about it, what we learned is that <laughs> it made it nothing. One of the things that made me feel so empty and hurt and pained all the time was being stuck in the moments of indecision. Should I leave or should I stay? Mm. You know, you're treating me really badly right now, so I should leave then mm-hmm. they they seem to realize that you're pulling away and then they hoover you back in, as they say. They, mm-hmm. they do something to suck you back in, you know, remind you of some sort of commitment that you have, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's uh, you were married or you have kids or you have some financial obligation that you're sharing. Um, they, they guilt tripped you and you head on back in because they promised that it's going to be so much better. And they're going to do everything to fight for this relationship. If you've ever heard those words before, but the words and actions don't match. um, Yeah, you you probably need to spend a bit of time listening to our podcast because we're going to talk you through this. We're going to show you what you've been missing and to help you to recognize that you're not going crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think hearing from real people not that other people aren't real people but we've been through a long long time so i've been through three of them one my longest was my ex husband and that was for 15 years and 
Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to start talking about that one because that's the first one. So when you say you, you were always indecisive of if you should stay or you should leave. See, my situation, he had isolated me. He had, we met in a city in Canada. And a year after we met, we were in a totally different country. So he had also convinced me to uh, stop talking to all of my family, which in the long run was actually a good thing, but that's another story altogether. Um, yeah, I had no job there. I had no money for myself. He completely isolated me from everybody. I had nobody. Not one person, not one dime to my name. So I didn't have that that uh, option to stay or leave. I I was staying. I had no other choice. I had nowhere else to go. Or you felt like you had well, a choice. Well, that's... Leave. <laughs> I did eventually. I, I'm still... I'm still... I used to be surprised at it, but now I realize exactly what his thought process was, and it makes a lot more sense. Um, how how I was actually able to leave. We will get into that in a different episode because this is uh, basically our introduction. Yes. Yeah, we want you to get comfortable with us. Um, yeah, we want you to feel like if you do know us, and most importantly, we want you to begin to know yourself because that's how we got out of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's been quite the journey so far. Yeah, self-discovery. Yep. so let's talk a bit more about that though let's try to figure out a couple things which we did figure out that we did have discussions with we've had some counseling over the years and you know we've been through some stuff oh yeah but just a little but (laughs) let's talk a little bit more about that because you're you're talking about how you kind of met and you moved to another country and you felt isolated Mm -hmm. but Here's an interesting thing. Everyone would say, well, 15 years will, well, how'd you even get there in the first place? You know what I'm saying? They, they, yeah. Like, what what kind of person makes that kind of choice? Um, what kind of person? Somebody with bad parents, to be quite frank, actually. Uh, father was never around, never knew him. My mother was... I wouldn't, she was absent. She was there physically, but mentally she was, she was not there. So basically I was neglected my whole life. And, uh, one phrase she would say very often, me and my sister growing up was all men are scum. So I grew up hearing all men are scum. And also she, uh, her history with men wasn't, the greatest and uh, i realized since that she was extremely codependent and uh so yeah that's what i that's what i learned from so basically i was primed to be abused i had no direction no no soundboard no mentorship no nothing so i was just uh yeah, I was I was the perfect supply. 
Hmm. So when you were a kid, let's talk about this a little bit more. Did you feel like, you know, when you were at school, that you were maybe academically, you know, not on par with everyone else? Uh, yes, there was this, uh, well, high school in particular. Uh, there was a room called the Learning Center in my high school, which the kids in the school referred it to a different name, which I won't. Uh, no, no, just just out of curiosity. Just, just, what did they call it? Uh, they called it the Retard Room. <laughs> That's where I spent uh, a lot of my high school days. Um, after I got out of uh, socials and science after grade nine, because I just wasn't getting it. And uh, actually, backtrack before that, French was a, a requirement in middle school. And I somehow got out of that in grade seven. So. I didn't have to take French anymore, which I didn't mind because my teacher was a total bitch. So, um, so yeah, uh, I did not do well in school at all. Uh, C, C minus. Um, I think I think the teachers felt bad for me, so I I actually didn't have to be on the credit system like everyone else. I didn't have to. Have... You got a lot of special appreciation. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing you say. I was very special. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's, that's very interesting. But here's the thing I wanted to highlight. Knowing your story myself and kind of working through this process as friends, I've discovered that there's absolutely um, nothing that we can say, you know, is wrong with you, as people would say. Uh, there's no deficiencies. No deficiencies. Um, I was told very different things. Mm, very interesting. So you were you weren't doing things that the other regular kids would do, as they would say, regular people. Yeah. You were different. Yeah. What do you think caused that? Uh, trauma. Trauma. Yes. So you experienced some childhood trauma. Oh, absolutely yes. Uh, I am no stranger to abuse. I've been living in abuse literally since i was two years old that's pretty tough isn't it to recall and to yeah. recount these moments now yeah it's all i've ever known so yeah it, and that's the thing when when you're so used to it it becomes normal and then you get into these relationships as an adult not realizing that your normal is abuse Yeah, that was, that was a tough one. <laughs> Did anyone believe you as a child that you were being abused or did they just seem to think that you were just a slow learner and that's the reason why? Did anyone ever like try to go a little deeper to figure out, you know, well, you know, why does she behave this way? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, people have to give a shit for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. No, nobody, no, none of the teachers questioned anything. I was just, you know, uh, learning disabled kid. No, oh, hence the retard room. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, when I was 
12 years old. I had told my friend in school about uh, the abuse that was happening. And because I, I wouldn't tell an adult, but she told her mother. And the next day, I, I thought nothing of it at the time because, again, abuse had be, become so normal. But something, something inside of me knew that it was wrong somehow, even though it was not totally weird for it to happen. But, um, yeah, I come home from school the next day with social workers in the house. And people are asking, you know, what happened, what happened. And and uh, my, my memory is pretty hazy on a lot of the details. But I remember um, talking to a social worker and her asking me the same question I've probably like a hundred times. I don't even know if I'm exaggerating or not because it felt like a lot. And... I got frustrated with the same question over and over again, so I walked out of the room, and then after that, I think everybody thought that I was lying, so. How old were you then? Twelve. So, yeah, nothing ever happened after that, and nobody ever listened, and the social workers didn't do anything, my mother did nothing, my aunt did nothing, basically nobody did anything, so, yeah, nobody believed me. Yeah, I think that's, that was another, yeah, another, uh, what's the word that I used? Um, when you're trained to be abused. Primed? Primed, yes, yes. That was a big, that was a big, yeah. So I'm hearing you say that you had not only someone who was abusing you, but you also had the environment that supported the abuse. Absolutely. Was, was there any religion involved in, in your childhood? It's funny you ask that. <laughs> no, yes, yes, there was a certain religion that is, um, some people call it a cult, which I don't disagree with. Uh, yeah, you, you yes. can feel free. This is a um, podcast, so we get to say stuff. Well, it's completely yeah. open and honest. Yeah, yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses. I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. So you didn't get to have birthdays? Uh, no. No birthdays, no Christmas, no Halloween. No fun. No. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think anniversaries could be celebrated, but I was a kid, so I didn't give a shit about that. Anniversaries? What's that? You mean, um, like, if you're married? Yeah, yeah. If you're a kid, you're not married. That's... I know. That was the only thing that I remember you could celebrate is anniversary. Okay. And yeah, no no alcohol, of course. Um, they didn't even do the... Did they do... I don't know. Maybe they did the wine and the, the, the Jesus flesh thing. I don't remember. Oh, you mean that thing called communion? I don't... The like... Jesus flesh thing. It's <laughs> called... <laughs> Oh, this is this is getting really hot and interested in here now. Oh, sorry, religious people. No disrespect. Oh, this is my experience. So. This is some experiences here. So, <laughs> and and this is the reality of um a lot of what we'll be discussing. There'll be some touchy points, and there'll be some areas where people will feel a little uncomfortable because they may identify, you know, with a particular religion or experience. And you know, we encourage you to make lots of comments on our 
you know, various social media uh, platforms, but, you know, keep it positive because it's, it's going to get, you know, seriously funny around here. Seriously funny. So I want, I want to talk a bit about that myself. So yeah, growing up as a kid, um, well, that's how you grow up. <laughs> Yeah, it starts. Then you can start like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I guess we're gonna try to look at it in in terms like how how do the genders kind of get affected by stuff? Because my mother was also very neglectful. Hmm. I was literally like completely ignored, like a hundred percent. Yeah. By my mother. Yeah. Was it was it just that was was it complete neglect or is it was it more than that? Well, let's see. You know when you like try to decorate something, so maybe you like have this nice big blank white canvas, or let's say you bake a cake for example, and you put this nice white icing on the cake, mm-hmm. and then you throw some sprinkles. Ooh, ooh, multicolored? Multicolored mm-hmm. sprinkles. Yeah, so rainbow. you never know which sprinkle is going to land in which spot. Uh-huh. So that's the kind of relationship I had with my mother. In general, right, it was a disgusting tasting icing, so it wasn't sweet. So was she the icing? Uh, Whatever she did, I'll call it the icing. And then the sprinkles were the other behaviors that would somehow fall into place every now and again. So in general, the the white icing was being ignored. And then I'll call it a red sprinkle. That's when she will barge into the room and shout at me. What are you doing in here? And I'm a little kid. I'm like seven years old with a coloring book and a few pencil crayons. I love to color. And this person is shouting at me because... They don't trust me. Well, a seven-year-old. Yes. That's my early recollections of how my mother treated me. She constantly Mm -hmm. shouted at me. She was always mean. Um, Yeah, I remember, um, you know, she was a housewife. My dad Mm -hmm. worked. She was at home. And every day she had these basic routines. On mornings, she always swept the house. Um, she started cooking lunch um, around a certain time. I, I was a kid. I didn't know. I didn't know time to be honest with you. Um, I was also <laughs> a really smart, slow learner. Okay, so we'll get into that a bit more as we go on. And you get to know us, but um, yeah, I couldn't tell time, so I don't know what time of day it was. All I knew was that there's a certain time every day that she did very specific things: swept the house, started making lunch. If I came around the kitchen, I'd be shouted at. Leave. Mm. Don't come here. I don't want you having anything. You can't beg for anything. Meals were controlled. Like, I'm talking about prison-style control. And and, and here's, here's the dilemma that I'm with. So between seven and nine years old, um, my dad, who's a great farmer, great you know garden and stuff we had this huge backyard it's full of all kind of plants and you know we grew all kind of like cash crops as they would say mm-hmm. and we would sell this stuff in the neighborhood and everybody knew that my dad was great at this stuff he had food 
and we couldn't touch it. Because when my dad was out to work, my mother would not let me eat anything. Absolutely crazy controlling. Wow. Yeah, that's 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 how I grew up. And you know, and that's the good parts. <laughs> um yeah, like there's there was the constant um lashing, um, for lashes, beating, whatever you wanna so call it, flogging. Hurt. Ooh. Uh so uh for a lot of our listeners, I think that they won't know what lashing yeah, I know. That's that's why I said the word flogging. And then that that has a very that's a very. <laughs> oh, what does it mean? What does it mean if you're uh, white? Uh, sorry, white people. Yeah, not 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 flogging. <laughs> like a sexual connotation to these things. Absolutely. Oh my gosh! No, that's. Um, whip pain. Uh, okay, that's what you. That's the word you would say here. Yeah, or as Chris Rock would say, ass whooping. Absolutely, lots of those, and all you had to do was literally have a look. You know, yeah, like you know, black people make jokes about this all the time. Ooh, yeah, they do, and yeah, it's not funny when it's happening to you. But we can laugh about it afterwards because it's so painful and that's the only way you can cope with it. And that was a significant part of my life. Living in fear mm. of pain and not knowing what it is that you're going to do to make a person upset. That was enough to make mm. a person like me, who I believe is brilliantly intelligent. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm saying, right? You got to take good about yourself nowadays, right? But yeah, I like literally my entire childhood, I lived in mm. fear. Constant fear, constant dread. I learned to watch the expressions of my mother to determine whether or not I was going to have a good day, a bad day. No, a good day was when she left me alone, when I was completely neglected. Mm. A bad day was when she paid me attention. Those are the sprinkles. Mm. See, remember the icing is in neglect. When she's not saying anything to me, like it's so plain, like nothing is happening. It's a boring, yeah. you know, situation. The sprinkles are when she's coming to get you. And you just don't know what it's gonna be. Mm. I remember I remember one day in particular, she brought home a treat. You know, she'd gone into the city and she went shopping and she actually brought me a treat. A treat? A treat. Not a tree. No. Sorry for the sorry for the accent, but yeah, a treat. Treat. Yes, absolutely. A treat. (laughs) And um you know, the way how she presented it to me, it was the most ridiculous thing now as an adult when I think back to it. But to tell you how impactful it was. So imagine there you are, uh, well, there I am, coloring book as usual or drawing something. And you know, she comes home from, you know, grocery shopping or wherever she does. And she has this thing for me. You know what she says to me? You know, what the most nice people say, uh, hello, Tyrone. Yes, I Did got you. Have a good day. Yeah. How, how was your day? Yes. How was school? Typical things for parents to ask. Yeah, yeah. Um, they will give you something nice. Well, come here. 
What were you doing while it was gone? Sit down. Here you go. Do you like it? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of conversation. Mm. Instruction, manipulation. I don't know what to call it, man, but uh. that's how I was raised. No, mm. here's the thing. My dad was awesome. Awesome guy. <laughs> no ass whoopings. Never one time. Always talked to me. Reasoned with me. I could express myself freely. Well, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. To have one good parent at least is, yeah, that's huge. But I, yet still, yet still, yeah, and, you're living in fear. It's, it's total confusion for me. How is it that mm -hmm. one parent is so awesome and the other one is so awful? Oh, and, then, yeah. and then you get this codependent child who grows into a codependent man who's brilliant like his dad, but lives in fear of a narcissistic partner. And that's kind of my story in a nutshell. Well, wow. we both have some very interesting <laughs> stories. Yes. Uh, backgrounds, completely different backgrounds. Yeah. Um, I'm white, as uh, y'all can see from my picture. Uh, Tyron here is, his name is Tyron, so you can... Make a guess. Are, are you being stereotypical? Yeah. I, I just happen to know some white Tyrons, like, like who? Do you actually? Yeah, but I know a lot of black Tyrons. It's just, it's just coincidence. Oh, actually, do you really know a white Tyron? No, I don't. I, I'm just it's, it's, not a, it's not a thing. <laughs> you know what? You, you drop a comment. <laughs> Let me know if you're white and your name is Tyron. Yes, we would love to hear from you. <laughs> so, yeah. Um... That's kind of our backgrounds. That's where we started. And that's a very, very small fraction. That was just... Absolutely. You're going to hear a lot more about us. You're going to hear a lot more about what we experience. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Well, what's this episode really about other than introducing ourselves? Um, abuse. I think that's a, a trauma. Yeah. Um, How to get out. Uh, yeah, that that's going to come a lot. Well... Whatever we feel like, really. Well, it'll it'll be interspersed, as they would say. Um, we we have a couple of series that we're going to produce for you. Um, one that we're working on right now is called Letters from a Narcissist. Well, that's going to be a good one. I can't wait for that one. Yeah, th this one is going to be real. Um, we're going to probably have to say to you, you may want to like listen to us on whatever platform you feel is your, you know, preference. But that one you may want to get a little YouTube for because we're going to share the actual, wow. visual, real letters yep. from a narcissist. So you can see for yourself the real experiences and you'll be able to appreciate whatever it is you're going through or potentially saving yourself from going through this. You know, if you're planning to date someone or if you're currently in a relationship or, you know, just even at work or friend or whatever you think you're in, um, we want to share this stuff with you because here's how you get caught. I call them micro experiences. They're so tiny. Mm -hmm. You don't realize what's happening to you because of your childhood priming and programming mm -hmm. like these these actions these behaviors just like they don't compute 
You know, it's it's like dog hearing and human hearing. You know, like if you blow that whistle at a certain frequency, the dog goes crazy and you're there like, I, I didn't hear anything. What? <laughs> wow, that's a really good analogy. That's exactly what it's like when you are primed. Mm-hmm. You know, to be codependent when you've been abused as a child. Our brains are fine-tuned. Yes. But we're fine-tuned for the abuse, but we don't recognize it because it's normal. The micro-experiences are all normal because that's what we've lived our whole lives. And, you know, what's even more profound that we discovered? The environment. Environment is so important. When everyone around you says, but that's how, but that's just how it is. Well, I, I don't know what you're complaining about. I, I wish someone would do those things for me. And you're like, you want someone to abuse you? Oh, do you call that abuse? That's not abuse. You, you seem so great together. So you were such a good couple. Precisely. What's going on? He always says great things about you. She always says wonderful things about you. And I'm not around. <laughs> yes. I, I'm actually looking back. No, I I don't remember any times there were good, positive things said about me to other people with me present. Absolutely. That's a tell. Mm-hmm. In the beginning. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, well, I think we should do that the next episode. The Absolutely. beginning. The very beginning. Oh, wow. That's yep. going to be a good one. So, I hope you guys have enjoyed our introduction. I hope you've enjoyed us having a great chat with you today. I really hope that you're looking forward to the next one as much as we are. And we're new to this, but we're excited to share our lives with you. Yeah. And we want you to be better persons because we've become better persons because of this. Yep. And we're going to have some serious fun. Oh yeah. As we take you out of your trauma and help you to overcome, you know, all your childhood abuses and work your way through it and you know where you're gonna be? You. Mm-hmm. A you that loves you. Cause that's what we are now. We mm-hmm. totally enjoy being ourselves. Absolutely. And yeah, creating new lives and discovering mm-hmm. You know, that there is other environments out there that you can create for yourself. That's how they get out there. You have to make them. They don't exist otherwise. If someone else is making it for you. And nobody teaches you this shit. Absolutely not. Nobody teaches you. Yeah, you they can say that create your environment. Just like that. You know, you can't do anything about it. It's, it's just, just like that. It is. Yeah, I'm like, oh, spoiler alert for next time when we're talking about love bombing. Um, I, I can still remember the first time. Oh, you talked about religion. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of, of religious trauma here. Yeah, I, I've got lots more to share about that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, our first um, after honeymoon, which was awful, um, meeting with the pastor and me having the nerve to complain or to say, like, I'm concerned about certain behaviors already. And being told, um, no, no, no. Here's a book on love languages. Here's a book on communication. No, was it was it was it a communication issue? That's what, what they all say. That's what I discovered. So if you're going to the wrong therapist, oh man, 
Okay, because when you're listening to this podcast, you're going to think to yourself, I think I'm experiencing this and I think I need a therapist. Yeah, you make sure you find someone who has the appropriate training and understanding who can navigate this, you know, this channel, this section of your life. There's rocks, there's all kind of obstacles and all kind of thing that they need to guide and pilot you through in order for you to come out whole on the other side. If you pick the wrong person, oh, you are going to be completely wrecked. Yeah, uh, actually, the wrong counselor can do a lot more damage yep. than if you don't go at all. Absolutely. So do a lot of research and make sure that they have experience in narcissism, NDP, because um, yep. it is really, really important that they understand these people. Yep. Because they're so good. They're so good at convincing people with all their charm and all their yeah, grandiose lifestyles. Charisma. Yeah, very charismatic. Yep. So beware. And we will get into that, of course, in another episode. But for now, uh, I think we're going to leave it off of that for number one. Absolutely. This has been, it's been as a lot of fun. It's, it's always, yeah. It's always a blast. We're going to see you on episode two. Um, we release episodes every Sunday, minimum. Every now and again, we may drop one in between. So what we'll say to you is go ahead and subscribe so you'll never miss what's going on. Um, we're going to be on multiple platforms. So, you know, you make your choice of it, however you want to listen to us, however you want to watch us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, we'll make sure we put the links in all the different platforms so they know how to find all of us and all the other stuff that you do for a podcast that we now love, have to learn how to do. Because, <laughs> you know, we never done this before. We're doing it. Anyway. Yep. All right.